0: we do come to you now asking,
1: Lord, we know our needs. We know that we are uh, blind. And if it isn't for you, Lord, we can't see. So we're coming to you and asking for sight this morning. Lord, sight to be able to see beyond these histories and these accounts to the Lord Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 50, verse 12. Genesis chapter 50, verse 12. And his son's did unto him according as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan, and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of the burying place of Ephraim the Hittite before Mamre. And Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that were with and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us. And will certainly require us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father." And Joseph wept when they spake unto him, and his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God met it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Okay, so here we are. We've come now to this part in this history of, of Joseph and, and, and his brothers that's, that's, the, that's really the chapter that's post-Jacob. Jacob is, he's died. And, and it's post-Jacob, and so jo- Joseph and his brothers now, they've come back, they've returned to Egypt, they just buried Jacob in, in Canaan, and so from here on out, Jacob is not going to be part of the mix. He's not part of the picture anymore. And we've just seen how, how, how now that Jacob is gone, that the brothers, Joseph's brothers, they become afraid that Joseph is going to all of a sudden remember all the hurt, all that they did against him. He's going to take revenge on him. And, and we looked at this scene. And we saw again beyond Joseph to the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw beyond the brothers to the Jewish people, off in the future when, 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 when. In fact, it's not so far future. Off in the near future. And we saw beyond the hurt by the the brothers for selling Joseph to the Midianites to so the hurt of the crucifixion. And, and, and then we saw beyond the brothers their fear of revenge to what was gonna happen is predicted in Zechariah 12.10. Zechariah 12.10 where God says, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for his for for him as one is bitterness for his firstborn. So you know, looking beyond all this, and we, we saw beyond Joseph's forgiveness and his and this complete reconciliation between him and his brothers to the Lord Jesus. And his forgiveness and complete reconciliation with with the Jewish people. Again, Zechariah. Zechariah thirteen nine I will bring the third part of them to the fire and we find them as silver as we find, and we'll try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. That's a conversation that's taken between the Lord Jesus and the Jewish people. Okay, so this particular history of Joseph and his brothers has been really thrilling for us as we've recognized the prophetic nature of it and in what's coming in the future between the Lord Jesus and, and his brethren, the Jewish people. But this, this, this history here, as we're looking at it, also has created for us a glaring contrast between Joseph and his brothers. you got a contrast here, and the contrast is all about God orientation. In Joseph, we have seen a person who, 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 who is oriented, totally oriented toward God. I mean, he looks at himself, and when he looks at himself, he thinks about his relationship with God. That's all important, and, and, and he realizes he's not in the place of God. He, he looks, Joseph looks at what's happening around him, and, and, and he, he sees God at work. Now, by contrast, the brothers, they're not God-oriented at all. And, and, and they look at themselves and they don't see, they don't worry about their relationship with God. That's not important to them. And, and the brothers look at what's happening to them and they don't really see God at work except at the time when they were all going to be thrown in prison. then they said, I guess God caught us. But when you think about this and, and how the brothers were looking at life, isn't that a picture, isn't that a picture today of, 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 of us as believers in contrast to the lost around us? Like Joseph we look at ourselves and we think of our relationship with God, and that's all important. So we're praying constantly. We're evaluating ourselves when we've sinned. We're quick to confess, confess to have it be gone. And so, and when we look at what's happening around us, like Joseph, we see God at work. When good things happen, we give thanks to God. When bad things happen, we still give thanks to God and pray for help and strength. And so whether it's good things or bad things that are happening to us, we're, 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 we're really with God in this world. And it takes away fear. And, 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 it, and it's kind of like from the beginning here, we started off in Genesis and we saw these, these remarkable individuals emerge like Enoch in Genesis 5, 24, where it says, and Enoch walked with God. And then we saw Joseph in Genesis 6, 9, where it says, and Joseph Noah, we saw Noah in Genesis 6, 9, where it says, Noah walked with God. So with God, it's wonderful because we're not alone in the world. But by contrast, the lost around us, they're just like the brothers. They're afraid. They're afraid. Deep down in the heart, the lost are afraid. And it may not look afraid. Why? Because they're alone in the world. Alone in the world. And that's the words, that's the words that are used to describe what it means to be lost in Ephesians 2.12. In Ephesians 2.12, it says that at that time, you were without Christ, being alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Apart from that, they were very happy people. (laughs) So the two words in Ephesians 2.12 describe this aloneness of, 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 of the lost, without God, without God in the world. I mean, can you imagine how terrible that is, to, to, just to think in Ephesians 2.12, of, of living under that dark cloud of being without God in the world, under the fear of all the time, uh-oh, the party's over, it's up now, Pick ticket's up. Well, this is what we've seen with the brothers in, in, in verses 15 through 18. They're, it's all about fear, it's all, they're really afraid. So Joseph, he sees this, and he says, all right, I'm going to try to remove this fear of, that his brothers had. And, 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 and so he does this by saying, I'm not in the place of God. He says, he says, you know, he says, boys, do I look like I'm in the place of God? <laughs> now, since God had already showed mercy, and, 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 and since God had already decided to turn the judgment of a famine into a great deliverance. I mean, and so Joseph was looking at what God had done, and he says, look, am I in the place of God to reverse what God has done? Am, am I gonna now go in the place of judgment and terrorize my brothers? And so he sees himself as, as there to comfort them, just like God came, God came to comfort the Jewish people, when he said in, in Isaiah 40, verse 1, Isaiah 40, verse 1, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, or her iniquity is pardoned, and she's received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now, this is Joseph. He's on this course of comforting his brother's. Now, it, it, it is just this problem that his brothers had of being without God in the world that Joseph has in mind when he says in verse 19, Joseph said unto them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? You know, he could have said, Joseph could have said, oh, you know, they come to him, and they said, you know, forgive, and we did the terrible thing to you, We should, you know, he could have said, ah, uh, it's all right, don't worry about it. I got over it a long time ago. I forgive you already. Now he could have done that. But this is this is what Joseph could have said and that would have calmed their fears. It would have which the which the brothers had. But they but they they, they in other words it would have helped them, but Joseph had promised in in Genesis 45:11 in Genesis forty five eleven. he said, look, come to me, and I will nourish you. He said, I'll nourish you. Now, he wasn't just referring at that point to their bodies, I'll nourish you with food, but he was referring more, and also, I should say, he was to, to their souls. I'll nourish you with the knowledge of God. So he sees, yeah, they're eating now, the fa- that famine's over, but they're far from God, that famine's not over. And it deeply hurt Joseph that his brothers were so far from God. That's the issue. So he gives this answer really to spark their thought when he says in verse 19, Am I in the place of God? And and the answer was great. It was a great answer because it caused the brothers to wonder, what did he mean? Am I in the place of God? I mean, what did Jesus what did Jesus? What did Joseph what did Joseph mean when he said, Am I in the place of God? Now, there are so many aspects to to, to what he meant there. I mean, first of all, you know, Joseph asked this question, we've got to look at it in the context. Joseph, first of all, we look at the forward context and the context after it. So in the context before it, when you look at these verses here, in in, in, in verses 17 and 18, you, you see the brothers, 16, 17, and 18, you see the brothers they're coming and they're confessing their sin to Joseph, and they're saying in verse seventeen, "It was evil; it was a trespass." And then they're asking Joseph, in essence, "Don't take revenge on us; don't take revenge on us." And then they're asking Joseph twice. They say, "Forgive, forgive." So they're asking for forgiveness, and then they're bowing, which is submission, and then they're 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 they're, they're wanting to forgive, and then. And, the, and then they're, they're really wanting peace with Joseph. And then they're saying, we are your servants? Now, in re, it's in response to all of this that Joseph says in verse 19, am I in the place of God? What's he saying there? Joseph is saying to, to his brothers, boys, all you're coming to me with your confessions and you're asking uh, to not take vengeance and you're asking for forgiveness and your submission and you want peace, and, and, you, and you, you want to become my servants. I got to tell you, boys, you're coming to the wrong person. Because you, but, but I can tell you who you should be going to with your confessions and you're asking for no vengeance and you're wanting forgiveness and your submission and, and your peace and, 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 and you want to be servants. You should be going to God with all that. So he says, am I in the place of God? You know, it reminds me sometimes that uh, 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 it was somebody... Some people, sometimes this happens, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll use the, names, the name of the Lord in vain. They'll say, oh, Jesus, something like that, you know, or anyway, or, or worse, they'll say Jesus Christ. And so I just listen to them, and, and then, you know, I, and, and then I'll, I, I, I'll say something like, you know, later on this, I say something, you know, it's so wonderful about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they'll realize, oh, I shouldn't have said that. So, so then they say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I say, well, you don't have to apologize to me. It's not my name. I said that's not my name but I tell you someone you should apologize to it's his name anyway so this is what Joseph is saying here when he's saying am I in the place of God so this is the first side of it the application of it in my of the question in verse 19 am I in the place of God it's a wonderful question but now Joseph is going on further to explain how he's not in the place of God he's going on and he's going to do this by the next verse in verse 20, when, he, when he's going to explain uh, what God did in his place. So the brothers heard in mind the place of God. They naturally thought, as we do, oh, he's only referring to taking vengeance. That's all. And that's good. They, they thought that he was just refer, referring to taking retaliation against them. He said, oh, okay. So that's the negative aspect. of my in the place of God to do judgment? That's the negative aspect. But in the the next verse in verse twenty, Joseph goes on to explain more about this facet in mind in the place of God, and what's amazing to us is joseph he he, he does he, he doesn't make his explanation to be anything related to the negative part to the vengeance and the judgment he doesn't do that, but instead, he goes much deeper now to talk about what it means to be in the place of god, okay so this is masterful that Joseph has. It's a masterful skill because he's getting his brothers now to see deeper in, into what God did, and and he's getting them to see he could never do this that God did. When he says in verse twenty, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God bent it unto good to bring to pass as it is day as it is this day to save much people alive. Okay, now Joseph has said you thought evil against me. Okay, so, well, you know, it's a simple question, but when did the brothers, you know, I, I don't think there was any brother that sat there and said, moi? <laughs> think evil a bit, far be it from me. Far be it. So let's just get a, let's come back for a little reality check. When did the brothers think evil of Joseph? All right, so when they were angry with him, okay. Anything else? You remember? When he dreamed. When he dreamed, that's right. When he dreamed... He dreamed, okay, so first of all, let's take, all right, so first one is angry with them, and, and, and in Genesis 37, 19, Genesis thirty seven nineteen, where we see they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we'll say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his his dreams. Actually, they did they did hang on to part two of their plan, the evil beast part, and and the and the, and the evil they thought against Joseph was was um, also as you said they hated Joseph, and they really hated him for two reasons. The first reason they hated him was because their father loved him more than them and made the special code. And that was in Genesis 37.4. Genesis 37.4, it says, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and, and, and could not speak peaceably unto him. Boy, that'd be a nice home, huh? <clears throat> they just couldn't carry on a conversation at all. They, they, they couldn't be peaceful. Okay. So the, then the brothers also hated him. And, and, and you see that, again, back at the pit, when they called him this dreamer, this dreamer cometh, that derogatory term. And, and, and that was when he told them about his dreams in Genesis 37, Genesis 37, five and, and eight, Joseph dreamed a dream. He told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. In verse eight, his brethren said unto him, shall thou indeed reign over us? Shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. So the evil that his brothers thought toward Joseph was that they hated him. And, and, and that's what Jacob, their father, said about them in, in, a, in a picture that he painted on his deathbed in, in the p- previous chapter. Genesis 49, verse 23. Genesis 49, tw- 23. What Jacob said <clears throat> about Joseph, the archers sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. So the archers who grieved Joseph and shot at him were his brothers. His brothers are all standing around the, the father who's dying and, and, he's, and he's, he's talking about them. I mean, they might've said to themselves, I think he's talking about us. The archers grieved, shot at him and hated him. I mean, that must've been pretty painful for poor, poor Jacob. You know, can't he have a peaceful death even? I mean, he's on his deathbed, and his own sons are around him, and he's explained to them, you hated the person that I loved the most, Joseph. I mean, imagine all the brothers, you know, gathered around the father who's dying, and he says that you hated the person I loved the most. And you shot arrows at him. So Jacob, on his deathbed, he calls his sons archers, archers who shot at Joseph. I mean, just imagine that picture that Jacob's trying to paint for his sons as archers shooting at the vulnerable Joseph. I mean, an archer is like a sniper. He's like a sniper. He keeps himself concealed. He's waiting. He's waiting just for that, that, that moment when his victim is exposed and his victim is at risk. And then with this quiet stealth, he draws back on the bow and lets this silent fatal error, fatal Fatal, fatal. However you say it, arrow, twist itself through the wind and, and hit his target. that's I mean, the picture that's given in Lamentations three twelve. Lamentations three twelve. He hath bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow. And this terror aspect is what David is pointing out in Psalm ninety one five. Psalm ninety one five. He speaks about the arrow that flyeth by day. That's it. It's a silent whirling arrow comes out of nowhere, hits the mark. <clears throat> now, it reminds me of my house. I like told you before. You these finch, these finch feeders, the finch feeders, and they love it, and they go there and they eat that, you know. And yesterday I was looking around, and I said there was no finches on the feeders. Why? Well, <clears throat> so when I went to go check it out, down in the bushes emerged this beautiful, very wide-span-winged uh, red-tailed hawk that just took off like that. I thought, okay, well, finches are smarter than I am. They know he's there. So. But he sw- I've seen it before. You know, you're sitting there, and it's surreal. You're watching the finches, and all of a sudden, it's like a, it's like a movie or something. This, In total silence, this massive beast comes down, flapping his wings and disturbing the air so the finches can't fly, and he grabs one, and he's gone, and it happens like that. And you go, did I see that? And, and then, of course, then there's no more birds there, so you know you did.
0: You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box seven one one three three zero, P.O. Box seven one one three three zero, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051.
2: Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619 619- 599-1104 1104 or sign up at ReachIsrael.com That's ReachIsrael.com What are you doing Sunday nights? Join
0: Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30pm at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on youtube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org.
2: Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.